0: Um, Anyway, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. I'm Anthony Price. And I'm Jonathan Bradley, he said in my Roger Moore voice. That was a beautiful Roger Moore voice as well. If I'm not mistaken, listeners, this is the first podcast of 2022. And scarily, we're already halfway through January as we record this, which is a devastation beyond repair, I believe, for the listeners. So we're sorry for abandoning you thus far. Um, But we have a reason for that. We've been super busy and JB's been wobbling about, which we'll probably talk about in a second. Um, and, um, And I've been crazy busy too. But JB... Welcome along. Finally, after your <laughs> slight technical hitches at the beginning of the session, uh, how are things with
1: you? <laughs> well, um, so my main computer went a bit peculiar, and I, I it just, sometimes it's just really slow. Twenty twenty two, my iMac has gone even slower than it was in twenty twenty one. So I have to sit in my shed for about an hour uh, in the freezing cold whilst my computer. Uh, actually starts getting warm enough to do anything useful i I, d- I think it might be telling me that it needs to be put out into a field um to go wild <laughs> and run around with all the other IMAX. how long have you had it for that one well it's i do you know, years, is isn't it yeah i i think i've had it now for about 5 or 6 years and that's probably you yeah, know right. it, it it's a dinosaur by now i guess
0: isn't it I've got two um, MacBook Pros on the shelf here that were are nine years old, but apparently they still hold their value. You can still sell them to the likes of cash converters for a relatively decent price. So it might be worth you if you are going to get rid of it, uh, to be aware of the opportunity of, of partexing possibly.
1: Well, so well, my chiropractor. Sorry to keep going on about my chiropractor, and but um, at least I haven't done it in all the podcasts this year because this is the first one, so that's good. Very true. Um, he said to me the other day that, look, uh, you need to increase your standing um, by at least 100%. You're sitting far too long in your life and you're, you're basically your spine is sort of giving up the ghost and you've, you've got to stand a lot. So he said, he's Australian, by the way, and he said, mate, mate, um, what you need to do is you get yourself uh, a tally, and you stick it on the wall, mate. And then uh, you, you stand up all the time looking at your television. But then you'll
0: end up being five foot seven rather than your six foot three, surely. Well,
1: so I think with all of these experts, one takes a little bit of a pinch of salt. Hmm. Yeah, and and you know, I all I wanted really was to have a look at my X-rays of my back, and to see whether I had any bulging discs in right. in the bottom. Loving but... a, a bulge in the bottom, <laughs> yes, yes, lovely. And um, so, yes, my my the, the lower part of my spine does indeed have a few little bulges in the disc area, which I knew because I I've just had some back trouble recently. And um, so, do you know what I'm not going to do anymore with the chiropractor? Sorry, mate. Mm. I'm really sorry, mate. Hi, to Dirk, by the way, if you are listening. Today. <laughs> but um, no, I got what I wanted. I, I can see, you know, and it was a cheap offer that was offered out on Facebook uh, just before Christmas to have a spine check um, and some digital checks on your feet and where you displace your WhatsApp have And so I thought, right, I'll go and get that. And then bugger off and go and do some more proper yoga and get some movement in my body, which is much more my cup of char. Uh, Particularly with shout out for Nina, uh, who is the greatest, greatest, greatest yoga teacher on the planet. And so I will now be doing a lot of work with Nina. Nina, Nina, Nina. Nina and Dirk. Lovely combination there. Lovely. Um, That's Um, exciting. But anyway, so this is what happens when you get to my age, Ant. You've got a long way to go yet before you start disintegrating uh, in that um, back area. I hope. Anyway, you might disintegrate in other areas. I don't know. Me too. Me too. Um, anyway, uh,
0: listeners, um, this is, uh, I guess, our opportunity, and we did. I don't think we did this last year, JB. But before we yes. get into our podcast, um, yes. which is all about leadership, in case we, oh have, yes, was, just in we, case, yeah, just in case, any concerns. This is just an informal chit chat, or any confusion. Uh, yes, we were not What about the about hell what,
1: you're listening to?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, it, it's all about leadership, but I don't think we did this last January, our first podcast, and therefore, JB, my my. Um, my proposal is, why don't we set an ambition for this year that we can then listen back to on our first podcast of 2023 about where we want to be at oh. the beginning of 2023? Do you like that? Oh my goodness, but I haven't given that any thought. Well, we can come back to it at the end of the episode. How about that? So you, my could... wife has,
1: My wife has spent the last seven years trying to get me to live in the moment. Oh, I think towards the end of last okay. year she succeeded so I don't know how to plan anymore i have to, I just have to live in the moment right um okay, but I'll have so a go I'll have a go I'll try well, and have what, of...
0: what you want to achieve yesterday <laughs> what
1: now what do yeah. I want to do right now we want to entertain <laughs> and educate the world in leadership I suppose. okay right well we better hurry up and crack on with that no but I do like the idea actually I do I can easily slip back into my old self um of planning for the future and not living in the moment enough
0: maybe yeah well well i hope i've not disturbed i don't want an email from the good lady telling me that i've sabotaged her progress she's made with you since christmas don't mind
1: you'd you'd also be talking to several therapists at the same time but um and dirk and nina and dirk and nina
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, ladies and gents, um, this podcast is all about leadership, and um, we like to talk about things in leadership news, as well as topics we bring to the table, and of course, listener questions. We only have one listener question. I'm disappointed to say that's in part our fault because we've not been doing podcasts much recently because of the Christmas period. So, we do our resolution is to do one every week. And actually, as of next week, um, if you're listening to this now, uh, as in within the few days of us actually publishing it. As of next week, every week, we're going to do this live on either Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube or all three. We don't know how to do it yet, but we're working on it. it so you will be able to see this live, which will, I'm sure will be jolly exciting. Anyway, um, we, but we, we do make a pledge that we are going to get better at routine. and I think me and JB have scheduled this in now until the end of March so that there will be some consistency returning. Apologies for any
1: interruptions to your service. Well, hang on. Uh, I did hear on the news that there is a meteor coming our way. Is that happening in March? Is that
0: well, why I'm, we... Well, aren't you and me funded by the BBC taxpayers, licence payers, sorry, and therefore we may be cancelled as of 2027 20, anyway? Well, I could do with 159
1: quid. That would be very, very handy down the pub.
0: Yeah, I have to say I'm I'm split. Sorry to go Ooh. off of off of mm-hmm. leadership stuff. But no, but
1: it is leadership. It's all about you know managing a sustainable organisation in yeah. an ever changing world.
0: I like it. You know that that gives us license to do whatever we want. Then, really, doesn't it? So, on which case, JB. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind kicking that subject. I do have a subject, which is quite topical for the in the moment, listeners. But going ahead, know, I, ha- I
1: have two. And w- like we always do, as we are so in tune with each other, we sink in and out of these areas without even having to speak and plan uh, beforehand. And so well, we I've got... Very, very well rehearsed, by the way. I, I have got a matter that I want to raise with you. Um, sorry, you haven't done anything naughty. Um, (laughs) the goal of this conversation is (laughs) over it's not a challenging conversation well it could be but um, so I've got something that I think might sort of feel to the listener if we do it carefully that it was actually planned uh, as part of um, our uh, if you like a kind of spontaneity with a hint of a plan or a plan with a hint of spontaneity I know that, you know, it's a, an oxymoron. Sorry, I'm not insulting you, Ant. Yeah, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, some more you. Yeah, uh, planned spontaneity. But no, a little bit of, I, I think that's, that's kind of what we're going to get this year, actually. Uh, in 2022, from you and me, uh, You, I, th- I was talking to my uh, niece, actually, before Christmas, and she's an avid listener
0: which
1: I have not realised. Hello, niece. It's is
0: funny, isn't it, by the way, when we get these random people going, oh, listen to your podcast. I, I, there's someone that you and I know that listened listen to us from the beginning and he still tells people about the time that he listened on the recording whilst I went for a wee and I didn't shut the door and the listeners could hear the toilet flush. It's in one of our very
1: early episodes. Oh. Hmm. I don't think I'd want to be famous for that. But um, So my, my niece asked me to give her a little bit of a shout out. Hmm. Um, so Georgie Thorman, Georgie Thorman is my niece, and she's absolutely lovely. She's a lovely, lovely, hugely intelligent young woman with a massive future in front of her. She is pan-lingual. Um, What's her name again? Sorry, Georgie Thorman. Georgie Thorman. Georgie Thorman. Nice. Uh, no, she's translingual. And she said she was, tra- or no, the world should be translingual. And what? I. Wasn't quite sure where to go with that. But I, I now I now realise, actually, that it's a really good thing in the world to speak at least two or three languages if you can, uh, which I think is the EU standard, um, to speak in at least two or three languages. So that rules us out, doesn't it, And? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I can do a little French, un peu, uh, but we'll that's a about of, it. Bit of Greek and German if you really push me hard. Anyway, Georgie is... Um, is I think she's pretty fluent in Spanish and she's going to be um, helping a load and load of people uh, learn to speak Spanish and probably do all sorts of extraordinary things. So here's the shout out to Georgie Thorman um, and do do continue to listen. And I hope you're not embarrassed by what I've just explained as pan trans lingual. Hello, Georgie.
0: Nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> uh, I was gonna put echo on, but I think the kids have been messing with this look. Hello. Hello.
1: See? Oh, that's nice. Um, uh, anyway, Georgie. Not... <laughs> Georgie. Congratulations. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, she is one of our one of our few listeners, um, and so we must hold on to them as much as we can. We must. And I can't remember where that was going now, but it was sort of. You had a topic
0: uh... you wanted to bring up, which I wasn't in trouble for.
1: Or is that yeah. the topic?
0: Now, well, should we do three D license fee? Because you're saying, it's all about leadership in terms of yes. taking the tough decisions, or not, to defend it. Um, now, for the listeners that may be listening to this beyond 2027, so five years down the line, um, we'd love to look back and know whether we were right or wrong on this prediction. But I
1: kind of... Oh, yes, I love these conversations.
0: Yeah, so um, in the news over the weekend, and it's been bubbling along for a while now, it has been the possibility that the licence fee may be well scrapped. For, for the free...
1: BBC, this is the BBC, the the British Broadcasting
0: yeah, which I think everyone knows Operation. around the world. But outside the UK, of course, it's an ad-supported product. So yes. uh, BBC World, me and JB used to watch extensively BBC News. Was, what was it called, the BBC News? Internet? Anyway, God, it's been so long since I travelled. Anyway, we I, BBC was the only the channel. The BBC World Service. Yes, uh, uh, um, and we would watch that wherever we were. But, of course, it was always covered with adverts and things. Um, so and, and I think um, I think all of us would agree that the commercial sector probably wouldn't benefit from the commercializing the BBC, because ultimately, it would then require advertisers to probably dilute their spend from ITV and the other big channels that was going to harm everybody. However, Netflix, Amazon, all these big juggernauts are subscription ad free material. And um, unfortunately, in the UK, you can elect to choose Amazon and Netflix, but you have no choice but to pay a TV license fee. It's a pretty much a stealth tax, really. Um, And um, I guess the question is, Mr. Bradley, um, well, would it be done under a different government? Probably not, um, because I think uh, the Labour Party would probably think as much nationalized stuff as possible is a good thing. Um, But actually, I don't know. I think the opinions out there would say that most people are supportive of them, no longer allowed to make it a legal requirement. I would continue to subscribe to BBC. Oh, okay. Because, well, I, no, I would, but I, le- I would elect to, um, because CBBS, BBC One, BBC. Your two, personal favourite. B- B- CBBS is excellent, absolutely. Um, gives me a huge amount of education on bedtime stories and things. Um, and BBC News's channels, uh, as in their internet channel, are great. I, I play or watch quite a bit as well. Otherwise, no. So. Bearing in mind, that I think all the BBC presenters at the minute are coming out and defending it and are pretty much trying to attack, I guess, it to be a, just, well, I've saw one comment today that it's all about Brexit and they're just trying to be even more harsh. And I don't think it's anything about that. Um, I've always been a believer that it shouldn't be mandated at all. Make your product so good, people want to subscribe to it. Um, but anyway, I guess, as JB alludes to, making it leadership-esque, is it good or bad leadership to, to, to take these tough decisions? I don't know. What's your thoughts?
1: Well, uh, there's lots of lots of things there. Um, so just just to, to to help our worldwide audience um, get this. So um, we are in the UK required to pay 216, 217 dollars uh, a year uh, equivalent. Just trying to make it a bit more global. Very good. I thought that would help. Um, so that so so listeners um, in Miami, New York, because um, I know we have some there, uh, we have to pay in the UK two hundred seventeen dollars a year uh, for the for the right to listen to uh, all the BBC offerings, which include TV and radio and online stuff and everything else. Now, does that represent good value? Um, I would argue that it's probably a little bit expensive, given the Netflix offering, the Amazon Prime offering, the Disney offering, um, the Now offering, and all the other offerings available. I think it's... You're well-informed on this topic. I couldn't have rambled off about that (laughs) many businesses. (laughs) Um, I think it's um, a little bit overpriced, actually. Uh, depending on your view about these other matters arising, which are the radio offering, uh, which is Radio 1, Radio 2, Radio 3, Radio 4, Radio 5, Radio 6, etc., etc. And it's scary to say the most
0: expensive staff at the BBC predominantly are radio presenters, which actually seems to capture such a minority of the population. Steve Wright is a very excessively paid individual,
1: for example, in my opinion. Thank you very absolutely. So we have vastly inflated salaries being paid to a mi- minority of BBC stars, and these are hundreds of thousands of pounds per um, star. Linux is one point eight million, I think. Yeah, That's I mean, crazy. which is which is absolutely out of sync uh, with. Other public pay in this country, uh, and so uh, you know that that is a big question mark. Now, the other the other problem that I I have is news, um, because news is very expensive. Um, and do you do you separate your news? Uh, do you have a a separate channel uh, that is specifically for the BBC news? Uh, so that you're well informed uh, about what's going on in the world and that it is a news service that you can trust. I won't go off on a tangent, but I do have some issues on that. But I would be prepared to pay a separate fee for a BBC news service um, and uh, an entertainment service on telly, uh, which... Do you need BBC one BBC two BBC? I don't even know what they do on BBC three or BBC no. four I have no idea it's probably how to do line drawing or line dancing I don't know um, but I'm not that bothered. So it was if it was cut down to BBC one and BBC two uh, terrific. I, I I would I would pay good money for that. And I would pay good money for the light for for a really good impartial news service. And if all of that in a bundle was about you know one hundred and fifty dollars, I'd think fantastic. I'm I'm up for that. But I resent having to pay um, and being forced to pay two hundred and sixteen dollars a year for the current cluster. Offering, I already dropped an F-bomb, so we're already on it explicitly this episode. The, that is the current BBC. Does it need reform? Mm-hmm. By... it, it does. Yeah. And does it need um, to seriously consider other options like subscription, like advertising, like maybe a combination of those things? Um, yes, it does. So Nadine Doris I think you're on the money, love. Yes.
0: And interestingly...
1: You didn't think I was going to say that, did you, Ben? But well, I well, do no, actually well, no, believe man. it's I, the right thing. No, I th- I th-
0: I, and, and I think, unfortunately, now the, the sceptic in me, and this is going to surprise JB, is, is that this is a great day to try and bury other news in such a oh, big oh, news agenda oh. item about terrible leadership on other yes. areas. Yes. Um, and interesting, I noticed the opposition leader was also yesterday proven to also be having some social drinkies, wasn't he? Oh, so th- they've goodness. all been at it. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, I, 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 the skeptic in me thinks this is a great big headline grabber, which is definitely going to create yes. some noise in the rolling news. Yeah. Of course. JB, just, just again, some extra color on this, um, JB and I used to work in commercial broadcasting and we were also in favor of the license fee when we worked in it because we knew that there was less competition. The BBC was an incredibly good programming system, which therefore was always going to be winning, you know, ultimate, they're not supposed to be competitively advantageous. They're not supposed to be competitive, but yeah, exactly. Anyway, but me and JB, when we used to go to certain events, they would have, you know, we'd, we'd turn up with two or three news people and they would have 50. But they would all, they would all create the same, it was all the same event, but then they had BBC East, BBC South, BBC International, BBC UK, and all these different news presenters were all doing the same content, but just for uniquely for their channel. Well, actually what we used to do in our companies is that information would then be, and we were a national broadcast, well, a network of radio stations. So we'd go to these national events and each radio station would take the local, the, the, the same edit from the central newsreader. Uh, and then they would make it their own locally they wouldn't have 15 so the expenses account at bbc must be horrendous anyway similar to jb i think we're in this weird state in the uk at the minute that there's so much shit going on and i think um it the skeptic in me thinks they're going to create some big announcements in the next few weeks that are going to take not days but months if not years to implement that needs to get it to a point before a general election happens, which we're still three years away from yet, just under three years now, aren't we, JB, I think, until the next general election in theory. In theory. So they're, so they're clearly now trying to create some big headline grabbers that's going to keep the, the the news agenda busy with we've got to have time to get this right. And it's going to be probably some crowd-pleasing statements coming out, I suspect, in the next few with this being one. But I have to agree with you, JB. I am also in agreement with Nadine Dorries. I think she's on the money. I think that the fact that, that, that we should be legally obliged to pay a license fee is not good enough. And unfortunately, though, JB, there is an awful lot of noise in social media because all these celebrities that are BBC presenters collectively probably have hundreds of millions of followers between them outside the UK and inside the UK which, of course, are going to try and defend their nice little gravy train that they're on. And and we've just talked about some very, very overpaid presenters. Now, interestingly, JB, you and I know from working in a subscription business ourselves with Seedle is that one of the metrics that we look at in our organization is cost per consumption. So what I mean by that is if a facilitator costs a £1,000 for argument's sake, which is a big number, but I'll just use it for example purposes, and a 1,000 people turn up to an event that people have chosen to access via their subscription, it's cost me £1 per attendee. That's not bad value for money. If two people turn up, I could have paid them both to have gone and met that facilitator in person for less and probably saved myself some money in the way and actually made a really big impact on those two that did show up. And on that rationale, I think to JB's point, there is too much choice for the consumer and there is no accountability of the cost per consumption for that organization. So Steve Wright is the example I gave. Uh, He certainly, I don't know anyone in my wider network that's listened to him in years. And yet he's still, I think, the seventh most expensive person on BBC's payroll. And for some reason, they obsess about him being, you know, this is the stalwart of of, of our, of our, of our, of our broadcasting and radio is not what I pay my TV license fee for. <laughs> uh, and and, and I think, you know, if he wasn't on BBC, I'm not convinced he'd be anywhere else because actually would he generate advertising income through huge listenership? Would listeners follow him? I don't think they will. And we I mean, look at Chris Evans, Chris Evans is doing very nicely at Virgin radio and he's being paid for by the advertiser, but the listeners haven't followed him in the numbers they suggested. You can put anyone on Radio 2 and they're going to get lots of listeners because it's a station. But as we all know, like lots of things at the minute, people are getting, you know, as the the new generation are coming through, the world is changing. Consumer habits are changing. Radio 1 was a 15 to 55-year-old station 15, 20 years ago. Yes, It's become so narrowly focused now on 15 to 23-year-olds. It's crazy. Now, my final point is, is that I can, and again, we're going way off piece to leadership here, but it's an interesting topic nonetheless with um i'm having fun good well me too hopefully the listeners are which is wonderful so with um with the bbc i can understand why up until this point perhaps the boil hasn't been lanced because we can't control who accesses our services because it's on a transmitter that in theory anyone can pick up but actually in our house we do not have a single television connected via an aerial socket me too they are all connected via satellite dishes or actually all apart from the one in the lounge, all the TVs are data connected, yeah. which means actually we can monitor who's watching and where there are logins, etc. And BBC have even now forced me, I don't know about you, if you've tried to watch anything on your phone recently, which you used to be able to just bypass, you now have to have your BBC account to print. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then I am a license fee payer. So with that in mind, clearly, you know, it is well, and we know from Netflix, you can't log into it without a username and password. So why can't it be the same for the BBC? So like you, I think from a leadership perspective, just to give it some leadership podcast credentials, it is absolutely critical that sometimes if something needs doing, just do it. There is never going to be a right or a wrong time. It's always going to cause controversy. It's always going to divide opinion. Um, but I guess it's what you think in 20 years' time, people are to look back and say, "Was that the right or wrong decision?" Now people will say, probably, like the, the people that refuse to accept the verdict of Brexit, that will always regardless say, "Well, we told you so, it's your fault, it's your fault." Actually, I think in 20 years' time, the BBC will not be as good as it is now, um, unfortunately, because they will probably insist on still having as much bloating and choice as possible as they've had previously, which will become unfundable
1: possibly. You know, it's it's it's. I think it's um it's it's all about um change renewal um and you know the speed of change. If you take into account the Netflixes of this world, I mean, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal, and I I think it's a fantastic uh, service. Uh, I think it, it 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 is full of really good quality things to see. It's got a lot of diversity, uh, of, of opportunity to watch different types of things, fantastic documentaries, fantastic films and so on. And it's come about so damn quickly. I think the BBC has been left napping. Uh, I think it has a terrible case of groupthink. I think it's um, dinosaur in the way that it has uh, dealt with the speed of change of things like Prime, Amazon Prime, and Netflix, uh, it hasn't formulated uh, a sustainable plan in its own right. I think it is it is responding to government cutbacks and changes to uh, the amount that it requires for its license fee. It is cut back and cut back. Uh, it's 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 offering is not that great anymore because it's cutting back. I I think there might've been a time a few years ago where I think it probably could have reinvented itself uh, and actually become uh, a a really good competitive force uh, against the likes of Netflix and Amazon Prime. I think it has wholeheartedly lost that battle. I think it's got itself into a corner uh, the fact that we're still talking about this flipping license fee uh, at this point and avoided the conversation about subscription and advertising uh, and other whatever other mixes of funding that you can find i I think they've got themselves into a into a right hole i have i have had the experience of um, you know talking to a lot of bbc people over the years. And I've had some ferocious debates with people about uh, getting rid of the BBC, uh, which used to be a little game that I used to play uh, with BBC people just to make an evening more fruity. And um, they are incredibly protectionist. um, And, you know, I think they're in a hole. I, I don't think the BBC will be... Uh, around in 10 years' time. It certainly won't be around as it is now. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. Um, but, you know, for me, what, what's worth keeping from the BBC is an impartial news service. I wish I wish it could be more so. I'm being yeah. controversial about it. I don't believe it is. I think that they are losing that battle, uh, unfortunately. I think their product is becoming tired and old and knackered they've got oh they're overpaying themselves they've got groupthink going on um and you know i think that they need uh it's cognitive... a public service
0: case study really
1: isn't it i think it is i think they need cognitive diversity in their in their senior management i don't think it's there uh, i think that they have got a whole load of groupthink which is damaging their prospects severely So all in all, um, I don't have much faith uh, in them being able to manage this transition. No. Um, Should we move on to the next topic? Because I'm conscious we've only got 20 minutes left.
0: What? Yeah, well, we started a few minutes later today, didn't we? We've we've only got 21 minutes uh, 21 minutes
1: to go. Have we just been banging on about radio?
0: No, no. But this one's far, far, far more relevant to leadership. And my, my, my hypothetical question to you, JB, is, yes. if Brexit hadn't happened,
1: <gasps>
0: and that, well, okay, forget even the subject, it's not relevant to this discussion. Um, with Boris Johnson now teetering on the edge, and we yeah. look perhaps objectively of, well, okay, the government haven't done too bad in the last 18 months, aside from many other mistakes, but had Theresa May not stepped down in 2019, yes. as she did, and she stayed in power, Yes. Would she be the Angela Merkel of Europe today? Ooh. So I'll give my context to the question whilst you reflect on a response to that. Um, now, her opinion polls were actually pretty high when she first came into power after mm. David Cameron stepped down, which was the result, of the, the Brexit result. So again, for our international listeners, David Cameron, of course, on his mandate in the 2015 general election, uh decided to listen to the voters they voted for him to get a a a, um, referendum on staying in the eu Uh, he put that through he lost and then unfortunately i would say poor leadership he should have stayed in power to see through what he 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 offered to do for the people rather than saying he's not the right person to do it which i think i think is poor leadership on his side um but Theresa may then stepped in and actually Before the Brexit negotiations then began, she was seen as a pretty accomplished, solid, credible leader. Um, She was a Remainer, but maybe that was a good thing because that represented then the whole population. She was going to respect the verdict of the public. She was going to drive that through. And until actually the the opposition benches and actually a lot of her own party were just going to try and sabotage everything um i think it became a very very difficult situation for her so much so of course she then think well i'll call a general election on my opinion polls and then it then meant she actually lost her majority i think and went into yes. a minority government yes um so a very messy situation but of course that was all around brexit there was yes. nothing else i think on the mandate the ticket at that point And obviously, I think that's then culminated in get Brexit done was Boris's big thing, which then meant he did get the landslide because everyone was just so frustrated with it. It doesn't matter how you voted. I just want it done because I'm fed up with it. I want my life to move on. Now, take that 18 months out of reality. Theresa May, March 2020, two years ago, uh, when the pandemic was clearly taking hold um and presuming the majority of the government decisions were unchanged to what she um you know to what to what has happened under boris johnson's government what would our opinions be of mrs may today would she be the jacinda arden of europe would she be the merkel of europe she certainly i think gave for me the impression that she was a steady hand um, she was compassionate but professional um, and i suspect she perhaps, if she stood again today, people would be like, "We probably should have been careful what we wish for in getting her out." Because look what we
1: got. Your thoughts? Well, do you know? So this, as you spoke about that, Anne, there are a couple of things that sprung to mind. One is, I crave for a boring leader. Um, I actually really am craving for someone who is just, got that in Biden, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, well. Um, I suppose. I, I, I think Theresa May was fantastically boring, uh, really steady. I think she was like a, a sort of um, bookkeeper and, a, and, a, and a, a data capturer. She was a ground bird, uh, you know, just looking down, getting stuff done, order, process, systems, uh, sticking to the rules. Um, she she would not be under any... Um, cosh at the moment for breaking rules because she was someone i perceived to be uh, a a a rule maker and a rule um, creator and and, and a, someone who would stick by those rules do we need that in our public life in our in our um you know our our leaders ooh i i i really want that i'm so fed up with this kind of rhetoric Charismatic nonsense, um, you know, from the world uh, or from the words of, of Trump or, or Johnson or uh, any of the other nightmare leaders around the world. I, I, I think she is a steady uh, leader. Uh, she is boring, and I think sometimes there are times in the in 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 life when a boring leader. What's the word I'm looking for? Boring continuity. Unfair. Continuity leader. Businesses leader. Maybe, maybe more of a sort of bureaucrat. Uh, I perceive Merkel as a as more of a bureaucrat than a charismatic um, rhetoric led leader. I, she wasn't that, I don't think. I think she was more a a, a bureaucrat, and her background was science, wasn't it? So. You know, data, having respect for the data, I think she was famous for. Would, would, would um, Theresa May have a grasp of, of detail? I, I suspect she would. I, sh- mm. I think that detail would be very important to her. Um, would she be open to the opinions of others, or would she be dogmatic? In other words, would she be inclusive in her approach to leadership or dogmatic what what would your perception on that point be and
0: I think more dogmatic actually yeah i I, I wonder how much of, of of what she led through was circumstantial rather than aspirational.
1: do you think that was her downfall actually that she was who wanted to pick up the pieces really She was dogmatic and a bit sort of like a school mom ish person and you know the kids kicked against that in comes the biggest kid on the planet which is boris johnson Mm -hmm. and and kicked um kicked against and said look i'll get this done i'll get this i'll get this shit over and done with for you and and we all bought it we all thought do you know what we're so fed up with this Uh, that anything's better than this.
0: I I was saying on this podcast, drain the swamp. I'm done with it. Of all all sides. I was sick of it. Yeah. Um, You know, so we, we of course, can always vote on a general election ticket to go back into the EU. And I suspect they'll quite welcome our money, given, I think, what we've experienced over the last two years. Um, But I I mean, I'm reading John Major's autobiography at the minute. Are you? And that's fascinating. And ironically, he opened his autobiography by saying, "There's many colours of grey. You just don't know about them." Oh, My God, he was grey. I
1: mean, he was boring.
0: Yeah, but actually, when you read his autobiography, he's you know he he was ambitious and hungry and, and wanted to do things. But again, he inherited, um, I think, a boom and bust economy, didn't he, in the early 1990s, where things were all over the place, and the you know there was EU sentiment going out about that single currency. So again, he presided over a, a country that—I mean—he left the the, the 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 unemployment numbers and the economy in a better shape than has ever been before or after. I'm led to believe,
1: which um, which all goes to show. Sometimes mm. you need a bit of boring. Yeah. Is that a cycle? Do you think? Do you think sometimes you have a a, a kind of a a Trumpy and a Bory a Boris. They come in and they get all charismatic. They get things done. Sure. Is that term. Thatcher and Reagan in the eighties? then, is it? <laughs> they they create a whole load of chaos, um, and then you get um, someone coming in like Major, um, and and actually steadying steadying the ship. But my God, he had some opposition. He had he had huge difficulties uh, with the with the backbenchers and and the forces. And I think they were, I think even, you know, that I think some of that was about the EU. Um, and he he said, crack me back. Oh no, crack what was it? Sack me or back me. Yeah. I don't know why I put crack me in there. That doesn't help at all. Sack and crack. Crack, crack me, sack. back me crack. and sack me. Yeah. Uh just do anything. Just either, either, either support me or or let me go. And yeah. anyway, they and they that, kept that, him in.
0: And I hate to say it, it that, that for me is good leadership. I mean, I, I know I've, I've said in uh, with, with uh, I'm conscious of many things of, of that person is quite divisive, but um, you know, in my former employer, either let me get on with the job or fire me. If you fired me for, if, you, if you're keeping me on just to, to, to say no, then don't bother, not interested. I, I'm here to, I've been given a mandate to do this job. Let me do it or get someone else that can do the boring continuity stuff. And I'm certainly not a continuity leader, I don't think
1: i I don't think either of us um, would fit that particularly well really no 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 but I think into- i should i should have been more boring actually in my when i'm and I look back and i think that uh I'd, attention to detail I think I should have worked a lot harder. I mean i did you know I, I did i did the detail but god I found it boring what would be the payback now though if you were well, it's boring. so uh, well, we wouldn't have had so many parties. They would have okay. been meetings with a few bottles.
0: Sounds like your old business partner.
1: What, Boris Johnson?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, am um, so anyway, in conclusion, May yes. today, your thoughts, if she was in power today and had seen us through the last two years, um... Given what Rishi Sunak has introduced in terms of support, given the Dean Doris conversation from early on in this episode, yeah, where would the and, and forgetting all the parties that have happened because obviously they wouldn't have happened. That they wouldn't have too, happened. No. Because she's too boring, and um, she would not have let anything happen in, with the civil service in Downing Street either. I believe.
1: So um, okay, so uh, here's here's my rhetorical question: uh, Would she have handled COVID better than Boris Johnson? um i i I think was, i think boring would be good, and uh I think she would have done a better job and I know you're probably going to go oh I don't no know. no no, but no, I, no i'm, I'm but... I was a may
0: supporter, but i i I would be concerned that we wouldn't have had the vaccinations as far ahead as we would under her because she wouldn't have invested in she so Boris Johnson took personal responsibility of ordering things before they were even bloody approved, which was seen as irresponsible at the time. But actually, because we got our orders in first, as you know, this time a year ago, the rest of the EU was up in arms so that we'd taken all the stock because he was just, it was a huge gamble, but it paid off. And I think sometimes you need a gambling leader to take risks. Otherwise, are we ever
1: going to progress? Um, and and the, actually, go the, Were the early stages of our response to Covid, his response was was appalling. And I don't think we should ever forget uh, just how bad that was i mean he, he wasn't around he was off on holiday he was not at, attending um cobra meetings um he was in he was in intensive care for a couple of weeks though. well he had a bit of that going on but um apart from the fact that he nearly died and uh, he was then parting in his recovery period in the garden i'd 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 i think uh, that you know well history history will um you know, inform us about all of that when it's all come out. But um, I, I, I think uh, I think we would have had a steadier response to COVID. I think it would have been probably a little bit more ordered. Um, and I don't... The polls today would be where? I would, say,
0: I would say very firmly conservative over where it's right at
1: the minute. Would personally. you now? You see, I was going to bring up the... So a lot of the problems that we had... Um, in Theresa May's um, time in office was because the opposition was so utterly appalling. And um, that's controversial, isn't it? But I, you know, it is, uh, I think if had she been, had had the opposition been more clear about their views about Brexit, uh, I think funnily enough, uh, I think that would have been Um, beneficial to her I think it would have enhanced her position that she took regarding Brexit and I think we would have ended up with a very different Brexit had that been the case. In fact I'd go as far as to say we might not have even had one um, but you know that's probably even more controversial. Um, But I I think in answer to your question uh, I think all things considered uh, and with a little jiggery-pokery and um, an allowance, I think she could now be uh, a very good leader for our country. I think she would be the one to come in now uh, after Boris and clean up really, really well and be respected. I mean, that's a good way of looking at it, isn't it? I mean, he's going to go, and I think, um, I, I, you know, it's either... So it's somewhere between now and and six months' time. I'm going to put my pennies worth on the table and and say I I think he's going to be out. He could be next week. It could be in three months. It could be in six months. I might, if I if someone put a gun to my head, I I would say three months. I reckon he's
0: going to try and stick it out for another two years. He won't and go to a general election. I think. They'll, I reckon. He'll, he'll try and say, I've got to try and clean this mess up. So unless there's a vote of no confidence, I'll stay.
1: Well, yeah, and if I was Sir Keir Starmer, I would say fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Because uh, Boris Johnson has got gone from uh, an, an electoral uh, kind of huge benefit uh, to an electoral potential disaster. Yeah, yeah, liability. He's a, he is now a liability and he's made that all himself.
0: And I think unfortunately that's not going to benefit the Labour Party, though. It's going to benefit the Liberal Democrats.
1: I I I think I think you're right. And, but but I think that will some deal will probably be done uh, between those two parties in yeah. order to 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 sort that out. Yeah, anyway, this has been politics on yeah. the Liberal Leadership Four. Podcast. <laughs>
0: Um, so we were ironically we are out of time as well.
1: Oh, blast! Tragic. I, was, I had some really good good stuff to talk about um, regarding global leadership and uh, <laughs> co- cognitive diversity. I wanted to talk about, which sounds a bit peculiar, um, but actually, it's um, it's interesting where it's coming from. There's there's a there's an investment company uh, that only wants to invest in organisations. Uh, where there is a high level of cognitive diversity. Um, And the reason I found out about this is where I have my millions um, invested in a pension company and I won't mention them, but um, they... And I don't have millions. I have about £159, actually, uh, which is my pension. Yeah, um, which is why he desperately needs that, that licence fee I, I need the money back. Uh, they, they only invest uh, where there isn't groupthink, because groupthink uh, makes it very difficult for funds to be diverse and dynamic uh, and uh, future-proof. So And their research... Uh, has led them to looking at the board makeup uh, of the funds that they invest in because they want diversity uh, within them. But but not just in terms of uh, race and ethnicity and uh, gender, but also in terms of the way people think. They don't want groupthink because just like the BBC, um, it actually ends up with you stuck and not planning effectively uh, for the changes and things that happen uh, in a very short space of time. So I would mm. love to talk about that uh, with you because I think that's, it it has a major impact on on the world.
0: That's a very good tease for our next week's episode. So I do... should,
1: I, Yeah, I'll bring it up again um, yeah. in our next in our next podcast. There's a little tease for that. Um, one last little name check uh, for Georgie Thorman, uh, who is my niece. Uh, Watch out for that name, because uh, if you're uh, a trans-lingual person, she's coming your way. I've been Anthony Price. (laughs) (laughs) JB. it's been a blast.
0: Goodbye. Bye-bye.